Hello, and welcome to the Mind Fitness Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Ursh, and my role as your mentor is to help fuel, feed, and grow your brain to enable you to live your best life. That's right, I want to help you create your life by design. As the owner of New Zealand's longest running women's gym and health and wellness coach for over 22 years, I've had the privilege of helping thousands of women transform their bodies. And what I've learned is the key to all success starts with transforming your thinking. My mission for this podcast is to enlighten and brighten your day. And here we go. I am having the fabulous honor today of interviewing my wife, <laughs> my extraordinary wife. And I don't even know where to begin. She is the owner of New Zealand's longest woman, woman's only gym here in New Zealand. So we own a woman's only club, if you haven't heard that before. And she's also a property investor. She's also a running coach. She's also a coach at the club. So You've been transforming lives for like nearly 20 years. Is it over 20 years? Over now? 20 years, yeah. Oh, over 20 years. Since 2000. Two th- yeah, and you met me in 2001. Yeah, one. <gasps> yeah. There we go. See? And then she transformed my life. Ah! <laughs> All right. So today what we're going to have a chat about is I really wanted to connect because people have reached out to me and asked what specifically about running they need to know. So we're going to chat about what are probably three key things that can help them with running. And I really wanted to just dive deep into the ultra marathon that you ran. So stand up. Let's have a look. Oh, there so we go. was it? 2017. That's right. And how far did we run, huh? Well, it was 87.6 kilometers. 87. Sounds crazy, right? So I've just got, I've got a list of questions for you so we don't get distracted today. Okay, good. Do you, do you think that's okay? Absolutely. Okay, let's go. This. Yeah. All right, so... Let's chat about this ultra marathon that you did. So, what inspired you to do it? Well, um, the Comrades Marathon, Comrades, is a South African event, and basically, I grew up in South Africa. I only moved here when I was sixteen, and for my entire life in South Africa, as long as I can remember, my family and I we woke up at five in the morning on Comrades Day. And we would go and sit on the couch with our big duvets and hot water bottles and sit there and watch the do start. Do you call them duvets in South Africa, by the way? Yes, we do. Oh, duvets. So all the Australians, dunas. Dunas, okay, okay yeah. Don't know what the Americans call it, but hey. Mm. Anyway, we used to sit there from five in the morning and watch the start and listen to the music and the anthems and watch these thousands and thousands of runners, which were like normal, everyday kind of people. You know, people like you and me go out there and run 87.6 or it's always changes a little bit but 87.6 kilometers from Durban to Peter Maritzburg which is two towns in South Africa or reverse so there's one that goes uphill one that goes downhill and it was just a, it was a tradition mm. and we'd sit there all day long they have 11 hours to do the event and you just sit plastered to the TV watching people crawling over the finish line falling all over the floor when they're doing the event because their legs are, are done but just real everyday South African people out there doing it and we had I had my uncles used to do it all the time I think he did it like 14 times he got silver medals all the time my brother had already done it twice so it was something that I'd always wanted to do as a child and I always dreamed of doing it at some point and then we moved to South Africa I mean to New Zealand from South Africa and I sort of thought potentially that it would be something it would be harder to do 
but it was always in the back of my mind that I really wanted to do it. I wanted to be one of those people that could say they'd done the comrades. So let's have a think about it. Now, if you can hear our dog, he's just jumped in because we forgot to put him out before. So say hello to Dex. So before doing comrades, it was something that was in, it was basically in your blood. It was in my blood, yeah. It was in your blood. You can wait for June, the weekend in June, to watch the comrades and watch people go and watch these incredible runners, honestly, like some phenomenal runners, that do this in like six hours and then the normal everyday people that are rolling in at nine, 10, 11 hours. And this is why we love this podcast, because it's about real women getting real results in the real world. And Sam ran 87, what is it? Point Point something. Point six. Don't put the .6. I can't believe they didn't put the .6 on there. I was just looking for it on your t-shirt. I was like, where is the point something? Like, every point counts when you're running that far. So, for people in uh, Auckland or in New Zealand, that's like basically running from West Auckland, right? From, like, Lincoln Road, right up to South Head. That's yep. how far it is. It's crazy. Or the end of the motorway. Like, that's just mentalness. So it does take a long time, and it does take a lot of prep work. So I would really love to know what, number one, what made you do it? Like, what was, you know, you, you grew up with it, and how old were you when you did it? Oh, um, 39, 38? 38, 39. Yes, 38. So you had 20 years prior to, okay, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. I want to, I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to. So tell us about the want to. How do we go from I want to do something to making it happen? Like, what was the transition? Um, my wife. <laughs> Apparently it was my wife. So I talked about it every year. Oh, I really want to do it. Oh, I really want to oh, do yes, it. Oh, yes. I really want to do it. And yeah, I'm going to do it. I want to do it before I'm 40. And I'm, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to do it. I always had this intention. So talking, talking, talking. Yeah. going to do it. Yeah, going to, going to. Mm. Um, and I knew my brother was keen to do it. And we'd sort of talked about it. But then I think Ursh just got sick of listening to me saying, I want to do it, I want to do it, and not actually doing it. So, I wasn't um, sick of, I just knew that it was important for you. Yeah. And so eventually she actually contacted my brother on the sly and said to him, hey, Steph, you need to run the comrades, you need to ring Sam and say it's on. So he did. And then I came running up to Ursh going, guess what, I'm going to do the comrades. <laughs> and so I had some... Really? Wow. Yeah. What's inspired you to do that, honey? <laughs> that would be amazing. I think that would be fantastic for you. I don't even know if I told you. Did I tell you the no. truth? No, I don't think I told you until we were in South Africa. Yeah. Maybe not even then. Okay. I think after the event. Afterwards, you said, oh, you'd actually sorted it. Yeah. So I'm a bit of a procrastinator. So I'll do it next year. You know that thing you do? I'll do it next year. I'll do it next year. And next year never comes. So luckily, I have a wife that makes next year come quicker than you think. You think? <laughs> <laughs> so let's have a chat about what did you have to believe? to do an event of this magnitude because it's pretty significant. I'm going to yeah. just keep staying looking at you on the camera because I think that's easier than me turning my neck today. Um, I guess you have to believe that you can. Like, yeah, I always so believed that I could, I could do it. If so, other people could do it, I always believed that it was possible. So that's our, a really good takeaway, right? So our takeaway is if you believe you can and you know other people that can do it, then you can do it. Yeah. There's nothing stopping you doing it. So then what other belief did you have to have in order to to make sure that you could run 87Ks? Well, I guess like, I, had to be, I had to believe in this, my, the, the actual implementation and training that I could get up three, four times a week and train and run long, stupid distances oh. on my own in the middle of winter, in the dark. Like there was all, there were lots and lots of obstacles in your way that could stop you from actually taking action and doing it. So I really had to believe in myself mm. that I could actually do the work in order to get to that end goal. 
And I'm just curious then, what did what did you value at that particular time? So if you could think back to 2017, uh, 2016, because you started the training, I think, in September. September, yeah. So what did you have to value in order to, because, you know, oh. as the goal gets bigger, the, you know, as you climb the mountain, the wind gets stronger, right? Yeah, so yeah. you had to change your identity. So what did you then have to start valuing as a consequence of changing your goals? Um, well, I had to put in more time into myself because, you know, with my job being looking after others and training other people all the time and making mm. sure that they get events and they do the best they can um, and always focused in the gym and looking after others, I actually had to take a step back and look after me. I had to put time aside where I just had to go and do things. I had to eat really well, make sure that I was fueling my body. So if everything to do with health became a huge part of my, what was it, about a seven, eight month, nine month training mm. journey. Um, I had to put a bit more time into doing things on my own, which is another thing that I d didn't do normally. Normally, mm. Ursh and I would do everything together. So to actually leave her at home for three or four hours while I was out training on a day that we would normally spend together was something that I actually had to put aside, which was hard because that was a value that is really important to me to actually spend time together. So actually having to do my own thing and just be okay with it. Shoes, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, she used to come around at about two or three hours on into a my bike. run. People, let's be very clear. It was on a bike or in the car. Like, I would not be out there running. Like, just be very clear, non-running body. Like, she can bring run. me some water or something yeah. after three or four like, hours. I would cycle or, yeah, I would, yeah, or, or hop in the car like most normal people would, honey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your belief system had to change, your value system had to change. Yeah. And what sort of... Um, structure so let's talk about the running structure and the plan that you had to put into place because most people they attempt a goal right and they don't realize all these things that go into having this goal and mm. so what was the structure and who did you get as a coach or a mentor or what was the plan that you followed like you're a runner anyway so you've run yep. like i guess we have run a lot of half, half marathons, marathons yeah. yeah so i love to run i'm lucky i do love running mm. so it's something i enjoy doing so it makes it easier. Um, I did follow a, a an ultra marathon plan. So right from week one, I think, I can't remember how many weeks. It was so many weeks. It was like 30-something weeks of training that I followed every single week. Um, you just made up your own, I have to say. I did. Yeah, there were yeah. parts of it I thought, oh, yeah, no. Nah. And I just made my own stuff up. <laughs> well, the, I guess the thing is, is that, you know, you're Take a fitness experience. professional and yep. you've trained and coached women for years on how to run. So That's right. I guess the luxury of doing that was that you had the structure in place. You mm -hmm. followed, so you set a plan. Set a plan, four runs a week. And you stuck to the plan. Stuck to the plan. Yeah. No matter what, mm. I had to do the four runs. All of them was, you know, I'd strategized exactly what each run was about. I'd, I had a bit of guidance, which was great. Um, I had my brother over in Aussie who was running it with me. So Thank we you, would, Steve. Yeah, we would check in and see how each other was going and what distances we were up to and any obstacles that had come along the way. So it was actually like having a training buddy on the other side who was also doing the same structure. So accountability, we find with goals, is, huge. is, is massive. Like You can go and, and create a crazy cool life, right? But if you don't have accountability around you, you're going to get there 10 times slower. Mm. Like 10 times, we are a firm believer of hiring the best coaches, of hiring the best mentors, of if you don't know shit, pay for it. Just pay, mm. like that's what we've always done, right? So if, when, if it's a level of expertise that it's like, 
above the pay grade we're like who's doing it who's got the life that we want who's got the results that we want who's still living the life that we want who's still got the results that we want we will look and seek for that person absolutely so yeah i think and the fact that um you were able to design your own program and you had accountability was there anything else that you think now was a contributing factor for you being able to succeed in running that distance well, I think that um, because I'd watched it for so many years, I, I did visualize myself running it. Mm. I could see myself mm. doing it. I saw myself finishing. I saw myself crossing the finish line. I used to even go onto YouTube and watch segments of the comrades while I was running, doing like a half hour run on the treadmill or, you know, something and it was getting really boring. I would go out there and actually practice and watch. So run on the treadmill with the comrades recording on my phone at the same time. They so just sort of immerse yourself. Yeah. yeah. I was always in the event. Like every time I went for a run, I would imagine mm. myself actually running in South mm. Africa. I had the music, so I knew what the song yes. was that they had. It was on my playlist. And, and we had it on time, our vision board. Yep. It was, it was everywhere. everywhere that I looked. I could see that this was, I'm doing the comrades. I'd hear it because I knew that there's a theme song that they play. So I used to play that when I was running. So I, had, I was just, every sense was getting tapped in. So I felt like I was really in it. So it was, it's something I had already achieved and I was literally just rewinding time and this was the training session for something that I had already achieved. Yeah, you were there. I was there. You already done it. Yeah. So share with us some of the struggles that you had. On getting up in the early morning on a cold, in, when it was still dark. It was winter I, too, at the end of winter. Yeah. Mm. So... You know, 5 a.m. in the morning because, you know, going out for 30Ks and you want to do that before 12. So <laughs> getting up really early to run, that was a challenge. And especially when it gets to longer runs because mm. then you're out there for two, three, four hours. So it can be really long and boring. Um, obviously, legs used to get sore. So and so I'd have to I'd have to put time into stretching, which isn't something I love to do either. Um, and just, you know, side massage, you yeah. didn't love... Yes, you didn't love stretching then. It was just like one of those things uh-huh. that you had to... Just had to do. You had to do. Otherwise so it was a it compromise, right? Yeah. Otherwise you'd be sore, yeah. So flexibility work went up. Absolutely. And a lot of people, I have to say, like and a lot of people that you've coached through running in the last few years, the biggest thing that that we see women, uh, and I, you've also coached men actually, because mm. Sam also coaches, a lot of people don't realise she does coach women online for running. Um, and they'll send the videos, etc., and she'll give them analysis of it, and then give them the running program. But they don't realize it. They don't. They don't realize the importance of stretching. And honestly, like they just. I've even sent them yet because you know, like I do. I'm a Yin Yoga instructor, so it seems like, babe, you need to put a program together for this person here, here, here. This is where they're talking. I'm like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So we just send videos for different ones of your clients, and we just send them not only the running program, but, but we then also the send them yeah, and the accountability. Like we, oh. keep, we had to keep it really simple. I have to say for the stretching, um, what we've noticed is starting with instead of doing three minutes to five minutes for each posture for yin we actually brought it back and we were like one minute one when we first started about yeah. three or four years ago and then you actually mm. feel once you started doing it you start to really feel the benefits but in the beginning it just feels like a pain because you've done your run you just want to have your shower and be over and done with and it's over but then the longer the runs get you really appreciate those stretches yes. and yeah. how much they help your body recover because you know in two days time you're going out there again 
and then you're going out there again. So the recovery time between runs is really short. Mm -hmm. So if you don't fuel yourself well, if you don't hydrate yourself well and you don't do the right stretches, when the next run comes, you're sore before you start. And each week the runs get longer and longer and Mm -hmm. longer. So if you don't start with a good habit and you look after your body before it gets sore, then you're actually going to have a really bad experience moving forward. And then you start getting injuries because your your joints are tight and your muscles are pulling everything where they shouldn't be going. And then instead of actually being focused on your training and moving forward the way you should be, you're actually stuck in injury, I have to take three weeks off. And that's not good for your headspace. That's a real challenge when you know you should be doing all of these things, mm. but you can't because your body is sore. So there's a real, it's, it's a really, it's like a, it's like making a chocolate cake. If you leave one of the ingredients out of the chocolate cake, the chocolate cake's going to be a disaster. You can't leave the eggs out unless you substitute it with something else. Oh. You can't leave out the chocolate. Can I tell them about the online weight loss plan that you're going to be doing? Yeah. <gasps> okay. Side note. Just a <laughs> side note. Like, I just, because we're just doing some marketing for our, um, our online weight loss program that we're going to be launching and we're starting our beta program, I think. In about a week. Not this Monday, the following Monday. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whoa. And it just reminded me about the baking. Yeah, the baking. It's the same thing. Everything baking. has a formula. That's right. Everything has mm. a formula. So once we know that we want to achieve a goal and we've got the formula, we need the people. So who are the people that you needed to either invest in or go see or make sure, you know, like, we had masseuses, for yep, sure. Yeah, so we definitely had the masseuses going on. Our chiropractor, Gina, at the time. Thank you very awesome. much. Yes. She could sort it out some I, terrible sciatica stuff going on. It's tight. Like, there was a period where sciatica was like a real drama. Toe. Remember the toe? Remember the toe? Big toe-itis. Yeah. <laughs> I call it big toe <laughs> We don't know what it's called, I but side we call foot it big toe I also had the thing on the side of my foot. Yes, that's the side right. Of my toe. That was so painful. And then Gina... Or was it no? Could I actually did that? No, mm. Gina did. I don't know. One of them did it. They fixed me up. So I had my chiropractors fixing me up when things were going bad. I had my personal um, accountability coach over here who made sure that when the alarm got off and I didn't want to get out of bed, she gave me a nudge um, and made sure that I got on my stretches and just you know mentally kept me and hydration. And, yeah, yeah. Made sure I was hydrated when I was in a three three k three k three hour run. She was there for me with a new water bottle. Stiff was amazing. My, yeah, having my brother was really good. Buddy. Running, even though we were in different countries, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. You don't have to be in the same place. And he actually flew over to New Zealand to do the qualifying marathon with me. We did it here together so that we could qualify together. So the whole experience, even though we were in different countries, we were able to have the experience together. I think it's it important too because people don't realize that you can have accountability overseas. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. You know, as most of you know, we're part of Rob Dahl's coaching group. So we have him every Wednesday. And... He's in Texas, for goodness sake. Yeah. Austin, Texas or somewhere. Is that yeah, right? That's right. Yeah. So, who cares? Like, I also have, we have Robin Banks in South Africa. Robin Banks, like yeah. South Africa. And then I've also got Nora in, in the UK. So, it doesn't matter where your accountability is. Or, or where it comes from, no. No, it's you just got to tune in. And why do you think accountability accountability for you was so, so needed, I guess? People don't, they underestimate well, it. Well, because running is such a solo event. Yeah. So everything you have to have self. I figured it out, Sam. That's why I don't like to run. <laughs> I can't talk and run at the same time. Do you feel me, people? Like that's the issue. You see, like if there's like a class or saying I can teach a class and I can talk, but running, there's no conversation. It's solo. I'm like a people person. 
this that's is what, what it it's is. got nothing to do with fitness people no. nothing to do with fitness or mindset it's all about there's no people out there so i can't be coming to it on my own yeah i think the accountability accountability comes down to your own accountability and then the people that you surround yourself with so i was lucky as well i had um, moira and I had Lama and Michelle also came out mm. and did runs with me. Like they might not have run, especially when I was doing like a 30 or a 40K run on a Sunday morning, just as my week, you know, my little week, week's training thing. That's a long way to run. Yes. On your own, running. you know, forever. So I remember Moira would come out and run 10Ks with me and then I'd carry on and do another 10. I had the same with Lama. Lama used to run and join me and then run with me for a section and then she'd go home and then I'd carry on. And then people would join me later on. So it was like two 20Ks into the run. They would join me and run back with me. Mm. So having people, you don't have to have people who do the same as you. They don't have to have the same ability. They don't have to do the same thing. Like, it would be unfair to expect that you should be able to find a running unfair. buddy. I'd be thinking could... <laughs> cruel. Unfair. Cruel. Cruel. I'm like, no, babe, that's cruel. That's but not even unfair. That's cruel. To run 30Ks, you don't have to have a friend or a running buddy that can run 30Ks. You need a running buddy that could run five or three or another one that could run 10 and you can have them join you along the way. So you don't have to be on your own the whole time. And that was huge. There were some mornings where I really didn't want to get up, but I knew that Lama was going to meet me up at the top of the cemetery and she was running from yeah. home. And how dare I not show up if she's coming to help me. So we went out and ran together. So those kind of things were really great. Having that accountability with other people making you show up when you probably don't want to. You're um, checking in with a coach. Well, I was you're checking in with me because we had your plan or well, I put Sam did not write the plan, people, just so we're very clear. It in my head. It was in her head, so I had to get it printed and then put it up by the fridge so we could mark it off. Yeah. So that we each time she did, I was like, Babe, this is the next one. This is what you gotta do here. And you could see the slight mm. But I knew once all the ticks were done, it, it was like, okay, we're on track for exactly where we needed to go. So that and was really And was awesome because whenever I was having that moment, you know, we all go through it. It's not like it's just smooth yeah. sailing. You know, you've got nine months of training and, you you know, there's always going to be at least two or three times in the month where you really don't mm. want to do it. So having someone who's at home, and I was lucky having her, she was a coach as well, so she'd sneakily coach me underneath. I was more a trainer. I was like, She was like my coach trainer. Yeah. She gave me the, off you go, get it done. <laughs> Have you done your runs? Oh, no, I'm just going to skip one this week. No, but you, no, you need to do this one and fit it in. So she really did help to make me get it done on the days that I didn't want to which was amazing. Mm. And also, you know, having a handbrake at home because after a long run, you're hungry. Mm. So you want to just go and grab anything and everything out of the cupboard. So having her at home to also make sure that we were eating the right stuff. And when I did go for the wrong stuff in the pantry, she'd give me the look. And then I'd smile. Because it's not like I'd be cooking in the kitchen or anything like that. <laughs> no, that was, no, that would definitely not be happening. Now that just leads me to another question is, what did you, now, you know, like planning for the event, doing the event, changing your beliefs and, you know, upgrading your value system, mm. having a coach and accountability, aligning yourself with like-minded individuals that trusted and believed in yourself. Yeah. What did you learn from doing the whole experience? Like, tell us mm. about the experience and then what was your biggest takeaways from that? So, what okay. did it feel like, actually? What did Back it, feel it like? up. Oh. Back it up, Hirsch. So, lucky was I was at, in South Africa. She was with Along, of course, along with family, we all went. But yeah, tell us what the start line was like. Tell us what it felt like when you crossed the finish line. And, yeah. And then let's think about those other three things. Okay. Um, it was amazing. 
it was the most amazing feeling that I, I can't even exp explain. Because I think because I had lived it for so many years and wanted it so badly, really wanted to do it. And so being at the start line, like I cried, when the, the song that they always play, um, Chariots of Fire, and when that song started playing, and they, first they sang the South African anthem, which put a big lump in my throat, because that just being back in South Africa, being a South African and being there and doing this was huge. And then when Chariots of Fire started, oh my God, it was just tears. And I'm with, next to my brother trying not to show him that I'm crying as we're shuffling over the start line. I mean, there were 10,000 runners, so it's a massive event. It took us nearly 15 minutes just to cross the start line. It was huge. Um, and then you just run shuffling like this. You can't actually go anywhere. It took us, what? It's like a demo. It took three hours to yeah. do half 20Ks. Like, it was really... Because there's so many runners, you can't and people just people don't know that. People are like looking at a time for comrades and they don't even realise that it's taking you that much time to that much time to even get to there. Because it's yeah. not like you can just go out and go for a run. No. It's like a shuffle, shuffle, stop, shuffle, shuffle, stop. So Yeah, so normally I do a like a half marathon in under an hour, sort of an hour 50-ish would be a normal normal pace to do a, a half marathon, 21Ks. But it took me like three, two and a half, three hours to get to Ursh. Mm. Which I knew we didn't get to, to get to the 20k mark. And then we had sort of planned that we'd hopefully see each other around about 20-ish, 30k's. And because there's hundreds of people lining the streets the whole way. Like three, four, five people thick from the very beginning mm. when you're in, like we went from Durban to Peter Maritzburg, uphill, crazy. Um, crazy. But there's, crazy. it's thick of people mm. and everybody is cheering and clapping and it's, the energy is a phenomenal. Like, you can't believe that you've already done 20Ks. Everyone's partying so on the sideline and oh. eating. There's music playing. People are doing barbecues and giving you, giving you sausages mm -hmm. and giving you potatoes with salt on them. And everybody's standing on the side of the, on the, side of the road holding salt. So that, because people are getting cramps, because it's hot, you know, it's 30 degrees in the middle of the day when we were running. So they're putting salt everywhere and it's just partying. There's, ah, oh, so the vibe is amazing. It's, um, what was it called? Boarding school kids. Like, there must have been about a hundred boys from one of the boarding schools on the side of the road at one stretch outside their school and they lined the whole road and as everybody's running through they're just cheering and, and doing chants and it was a phenomenal experience i've never experienced that kind of um what do you call it support and championing and, oh championing like we've everybody. done so many events in the last 20 years like i think we do anywhere from three to eight events a year yeah, yeah. like this is just yeah like and you and normally have people we've had some at the really start. good events right People are normally this at the start crazy. and at the finish. And in the middle, it's all you. Honestly, there were people non-stop till about 50-something Ks when we went through the valley of a thousand hills. No jokes. And it just the hills just keep going up and up and up and up and you climb up to the plateau. And there were less people. But all the farmers had come out and they were at the end of their driveways and they'd set up a barbecue. And it's a thing. It's like an event. South Africans that are listening, you know what I mean. This is a massive event. They it's do a freaking awesome job. People drive from Johannesburg down to Durban to go and support for this event. Now, that's a six-hour drive. They go down there specifically yeah, to support. My sister had gone down. My nephew was there. Um, my brother and his wife and nephew from South Africa. I mean, from Australia, they were there. Ursh was there. It was amazing. Like, so it was such a cool time. The energy was phenomenal, mm. which was brilliant. And we could track them on apps, so it was really, it was awesome that we could just, and I guess the other thing to be aware if you're going to look at training for comrades is uh, the parking. So the par they had different areas designated, so if you've got family members or friends that are going to do it, like be prepared to walk half an hour. 
that's how many supporters there are like the parking is just such a long way from the main road and you just walk and walk and walk and walk and when you leave to come away from there it's just oh, it took hours to get home it's just amazing it, but just because of the support, the support you know like you phenomenal. don't care that you're in traffic because everyone is supporting everyone everyone knows somebody that's running yeah. so when what was the biggest struggle for you do you think in running 87 Ks, and how did you overcome that? I actually hit the wall quite badly at about 33 Ks, which is not far from when I first saw Ursh and the family. And um, I got terrible cramps at the top of my knees. Mm. And because we've been shuffling, 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 it was that really was hard. You saw me actually, eh? Yeah. Yeah, and I gave you. We've been shuffling, shuffling, mm. shuffling. So I didn't have my normal stride, and I hadn't trained for shuffling. I really, that, that would be something I would do differently. I would train for little baby steps because of hundreds of people and weaving. That would be my sort of training because I wasn't prepared for that. And it was also getting hot. It was, it was starting to get to the high 20s. Mm-hmm. And um, I was drinking a lot of water, but I definitely started cramping. So the tops of my knees were cramping. My brother had a bag of nuts with salt on them and he'd keep getting me to put my hand in. And we're both sweaty as hell and putting our hand in this bag was disgusting. The bag was disgusting. <laughs> So at the end he said, just roll your hand in the bag and lick your fingers. And then we threw the bag away, can you imagine? Because there was, there was no way that was edible anymore. So I did hit a wall there and I thought, I don't know if I can do this. And I've still got 50Ks to go, 55Ks to go. I actually don't know if I can do it. So it was actually when I, and also because we were looking for Ursh, my sister, um, and everybody as well, and waiting to find them. And we'd been looking for about 6Ks and we hadn't found mm-hmm. them. And we're like, where are they? You know, just needing to see people to... I don't know, just get a hug and to, to know you're doing okay and get to that first milestone. So once we actually found them, Ursh gave me like, I don't know, five tablespoons of salt in a bottle of water and I just literally sculled it, the whole thing. Mm. And that made a massive difference. Was... And it was lucky because we had people on the sideline that had done this event for years and years. So they, they were just like, salt, salt, salt. And I was like, she's not going to drink that much salt. And I was like, who cares? So I went and scabbed some salt from people and I just filled it up and I was just like, oh, I'm just going to give it to her. And I was like, babe, you're right. And she's just like, no, I'm hitting the wall. And you could see straight away the emotion was there. The thinking had gone. Uh, and it was just like, snap out of it. It was Well, the pain was real, right? And it, it was hot and your body was aching. And I thought, far out. When I saw you and I was like, oh, this is going to be scary. So it just went straight into fix it mode. It's just like, babe, any skull, good trainer go. Would. Just skull, go. Hug where you saw. Quick massage on your legs. Right, get out there. Change your mindset. Let's go. And that made a big difference, I oh, think. Oh, massive. Yeah. So at that point, luckily, my brother so was in a good mode. He was good. Steph was awesome. Steph was awesome. Thank so you, Steph. I was struggling, and Steph was just helping mm. push me through and get me to that point. Again, having that accountability buddy. Yeah, having somebody you know, there. When, it, when the times, the crunch is right there. Having yeah. him was amazing. And then after that, when I had the salt, everything seemed so much better. I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. We'll see them again at 60-something Ks. Off we went, and then somewhere along that, in that section there, Steph and I had a bit of a swap, and I became the, I'm good, and he was struggling, and he was pain, he was really sore in his calves, and so then I was able to repay him for him getting me through that section, and then I could get him through the next section, and then when we saw them again at 60Ks, he was sore, his calves were bad, we iced them all up with some spray, and then off we mm. went again, and we had another 20 odd Ks to go, and... That's when real camaraderie comes in, when you watch people, because that's when everybody's crashing. You know, you, you're at the 60-something K, 70K mark. You know you've only got 10 to 20Ks to go, but your body is sore. I mean, 
So what goes through your head? Like, what what advice would you give people? Because, I mean, not many people here going be going out there and going, I'm going to go around the comrades now. But we no, but it's all brilliant. That's right. Any event, like we all hit the wall, right? So what were you saying to yourself to have to finish that twenty k? Because you know what you think about your green brown. Well, I had no doubt that I was going to finish. Let's go. Okay, number one, people have no doubt. Number two, visualize, visualize, visualize. Like Sam had spent years visualizing this finish line. Like it was not accepted. It was not negotiable. It was, it was never not negotiable. And the thing with this event is there is a cutoff time. Mm. So because they had they'd increased their number to ten thousand, they've made the cutoff time an extra hour. So you had twelve hours to do mm. the entire event because it takes that long to get to the past the finish line and the first twenty k. So they have to add more time because there's so many runners running through. So one, just watching the timers, because they have big signs to say you've got X amount of time left. So making sure that we were still on time. So having that reassurance from the clocks that we were going to make it. Then having a, a, a buddy, like there was no way that neither one of us were going to give up. So that helped get us along. Um, with about 20 Ks to go, the, the what was it, cup of Coke was phenomenal. That yeah, fixed everything. Go. So I had yeah. been drinking water every K the whole way. Um, and then at 20Ks, we were at the bottom of um, Polly Shorts, which was one of the big hills that we have to climb to get into Peter Maritzburg. And we both had a shot of Coke. And Thank that's Steph. Steph knew, see? Yep, Steph knew again. Experts. He'd run it twice. So you this get, was perfect. I had somebody with me had experience. That, no, yeah. Mm. And we had that shot of Coke. And honestly, that was amazing. That my, my brain lit up and I just had this surge of energy. And then it was ready to go. And then running along, we're running up the hill, and I remember this young fella, he collapsed on the floor. And just watching mm. all of these runners go around him and pick him up and tell him, you, you know, he basically saying, boy, you're doing this for your mom. you got to get, get on your legs. You're almost there. Come with us, mate. We're off. And it was just, you know, like, it doesn't matter where you came from, how old you were, what, what color you were, if you were female or male or whatever. Age, nothing. It made no difference. The camaraderie, that's why they call it the comrades. It's about camaraderie. You help each other out. And being able to talk to people that were struggling, and that's when you really came together because everybody was suffering. And what I think what the main thing that I learned is hard is hard. It doesn't get any harder than hard. So you get to a certain point, which for me probably was like... 60, 70 Ks, so I thought, this is hard, I don't know. And then I realized it didn't get any harder. It was mm. all in my head. My body was just one foot in front of the other. It just kept doing it, and it was just going to keep doing it. But if my head had given up, that's when the problem would have happened. But there was, I didn't let my head give up. And when it did go down, I had Steph, and he'd pick me up, and vice versa. So, and I, and I say that to all of my running girls. If they're doing a 10K, a 20K, a 40K, it doesn't matter. What you need to yeah. remember is hard is hard. And there's actually a point where it doesn't get any harder. Your body will feel the same at 40Ks as it does at 50Ks. It's hard. It's sore and it's tired and you want to stop. But it all comes down to the how you think and what's going through your head and the belief in yourself and the determination that you're going to get there. Because you can actually, when things get hard, we tend to just give up and go, oh, it's too hard and we'll give up and we'll just turn around and go the other direction. Because if you just keep going that little bit further and then that little bit further, you can actually get to the goal. But we tend to give up too quickly. And that was never an option because I was, I'd already done the comrades so many times in my head from the age of about four. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
that's good, right? Like you, yeah. you, your body knew that that's what was going to happen. So yeah. it, it, it was not it was not negotiable. It was going no, to happen. It was going to happen. So I love that. So what do you think uh, has, as a consequence of you achieving such a huge milestone and a huge goal, what did that give you? I guess the I can do anything. I can do, if I can run 87.6 kilometers and I'm no special runner, yes, I like to run, but I have to work at it. I had to put in the time, I had to put in the effort and then I could go and do it and I did it and I achieved it. And then I realized if I can run 87.6 kilometers, I can do anything I put my mind to as long as I believe that I can and then I put in the time and then when things get hard, I don't give up. And I think that's one of my, like one of my superpowers. I'm bloody determined. And if I, I, there was never a moment in my mind that I wouldn't finish comrades. Never once did I think I wouldn't do it. Not even, it didn't cross my mind once. It still doesn't. If I go, if I have to do it tomorrow, I would die. But I would and do we, it. We also, <laughs> we went to the UK. Did we do it? We went to Mauritius after the run, didn't we? Yeah, we went, but to, we the went to the UK first. And so our training schedule was a little bit out because we had um, property that we were looking at in the UK, and then we went back to South Africa. So life, w- th- three weeks before, like you couldn't just go couldn't on go the streets in South Africa and go out for a run. And no. so, and then in the UK, it was a little bit harder because we were business and focused over there. Yeah, we had a busy schedule with work stuff. And then so. we, took, got, we flew up to Scotland. And, yeah, it was busy. Like, it was busy. It was busy. So, and I'd be like, if that was me, I'd be freaking out. Like, I'd be like, no... We need to run, we need to... And I'll be like, babe, are you stressing about this? She's like, no, we'll be right. And I'm like, okay. Well, it's, I think it's another thing I learned. And I was talking to Nisha, one of our members, who's just done the marathon today, Yay, Auckland Nisha! Marathon. And I said to her that the run itself, the day, the event, is that's the fun and the glory. It's the best part because you're doing it and it feels good because you've trained. The hard part about anything is the training that happens beforehand. The runs, the week, the week mm. to week to week running. That's where all the that's where the hard work goes in. That's that's the hard part. Yeah, but choose your hard, right? We say this all the time. Mm. Choose your hard. Hard, don't achieve your goals, feel like yeah. crap, treat everyone else like crap. Yeah. Feel your hard, go out, discipline, build the discipline muscle, feel really good, make people feel good. Build your confidence. Like every time you get a further distance or a quicker time your confidence just goes up and you feel good, like you've achieved something incredible. So yeah, it's been, I think the that was the biggest thing about it all, is like the actual day is a reward for the work that you've done leading up to it. And it was so much fun. And I think, I think I, I'm looking forward to talking to Nisha because I haven't had a proper conversation. She's oh, naked, she's gone to yeah. rest. And, and to, feel, to find out from her, did she have that same feeling? I mean, not, not taking away the part that there's definitely parts where it's hard and your head is telling you all sorts of stories and it's the you got the good and the bad guy on each shoulder and they're both chirping away you should just walk no you shouldn't just run no you just walk and you should run oh my god it's exhausting but um the day is a special moment and you just have to savor the day and we do that with all of our events we've been in the middle of an Ironman um a half Ironman in Napier and we're swimming the pond doing our was it our 2k swim and it's just like stop babe watch look at the sunrise and we just stop in the middle of our oh, I knew you were going to say that. Because they both looked at me like, you know, we, we just started this half Ironman. And we're like, swim, swim, swim. And I thought, oh my God, I'm doing a half Ironman. And I grabbed Sam's leg. And Sam thought, Jesus, is it a shark or is what's happening? And then I was like, babe. And she's like, shit, what's going on, Michelle? And they'll stop freaking out. And these what? people swimming all over them. And I was like, just stop. 
let's just turn around and check out the sunrise. And they're like, first of all, they're like, are you fucking crazy? And I was just, because, you know, it was crazy. Like, let's, the whistle was going all the time and people were swimming over us, etc. But it's actually appreciating the fact that right now, you can't be there. So you might as well lap the shit up right now. As yeah. This is it. Be in, in the, the moment. moment. And that moment for us that day was all about the sunrise. Yeah. Maybe and not for you and Michelle, but for me, I was like... It was awesome. Like, and we all just held hands, and we had this moment of like, oh my God, we've actually done it. And when Sam crossed the finish line, it was that same moment of, mm. oh, she did it, she survived it, because I was worried the time was going, and then she was running, and she's like, oh, there's this guy that's not going to make it, and I gave her a hug, and we, I was like, baby, just freaking amazing. She's like, oh, we've got to go to the um, end line. And I was like, why? Like... Good God, like, I can't, do you want me to piggyback you? She's like, no, there's this guy that, and that was a guy that she just shared with you. And she said, he has to make it. And I said, well, they've missed the cutoff. You know, the cutoff's going to be in the next blah, blah. She said, he won't make the cutoff. And I said, well, screw that. And so for the next hour, I just stood at that cross, that finish line, didn't I? I was pretty solo. But I was just celebrating every Everyone person. I just had tears in my eyes. I was just celebrating them. I didn't care what their time was. It was about the fact that, the amount of work and discipline and conditioning, just the mental mind power that it required for these people to show up and to still finish, just because it wasn't finished according to someone else's rules, mm. I will never, ever, ever forget that. Ever. And they came through with, they were given a rose, basically as they came into the stadium, they were given a rose. And that was it. And they don't get a medal, they get a did not complete and they ran 87.6 kilometers, and they were two minutes, three minutes, four minutes over time. If I had a head of addresses so for hard. people, I would have gone and bought their medals, mm. and I would have put achiever. Like, I just would have put, bam, baby, believe, achieve, and maximize. That's what I would have done, because it's not that they didn't complete. They didn't complete within a time, time frame. Yeah. That's what I thought. I, I was really that's upset. That's the hardest part I of it. I was so upset about that. However, it didn't matter, because you did it. I did it. It was, it was it crazy. 11.30... That's crazy cool. Yeah. So there we go. Awesome. You have an ultra marathon runner that I've now interviewed who is my amazing, sexy, phenomenal wife. Uh, who's the runner in the family? I know you thought it was me. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry to disappoint everybody. So if you've got any questions about running, please fire them to us. Sam would be happy to help. And for all of those people that are probably wondering about the weight loss plan, Message us. It is going to go global. It is going to be going online, and you will have access to Sam every hour for the six weeks of that pro uh, every week for an hour on a Zoom call for the for the duration of the program. So Sam's going to be focusing on the nutrition element, what's working for you, what's not working for you, and I'm also going to be doing the coaching element of that. So we're going to be talking about eating disorders, eating eating your emotions, like emotional eating, and why can't I lose weight? So if you're a woman that's over forty. And you keep reaching out to us because I know that you're there, right? And you keep reaching out and you say, we really need help, but we don't want to join a gym. Or you're at a gym and you're finding that you need more accountability and more one-on-one -on -one support. Message us because we will be starting our beta program in the next week or two. And then we'll be officially launching our, our weight loss program come January next year. So stay tuned because we've got some exciting stuff coming your way, everybody. So thank, thank you, Marley. Hey, thank yeah, you. did it. She did it. Isn't she amazing? Isn't she fabulous, though? <laughs> it's not about like it. about you, babe. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And get out there and have a goal and go for it. Whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. Starting a business, 
starting a, a podcast, singing a song on Spotify, writing a book, doing some art. It doesn't matter what your goal is. Learn just to cook. Take the dogs for a walk. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. Changing your job, changing your career, going and studying again. Just bloody do it. Believe in yourself. Visualize, visualize yourself doing it. Do the work. And honestly, it's worth it. Go out and do it. We know you can do it. Let us know what your goal is. Send it to us because we'd love to help support you on it. See you, everybody. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or share it on the socials. And don't forget to tag me on hashtag MFM, Mind Fitness Mentor. And if nobody's told you today, remember, you are loved, you matter, and you are more than enough. Remember, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. I can't wait to see you then.